Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 299. We've got a great special guest here. We've got Cindy Nicholson, the course whisperer, with us. Um, Cindy, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Hi, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, yes, as Jonathan mentioned, I am a, the Course Whisperer from thecoursewhisperer.co where I help uh, entrepreneurs they create the content for the online courses that they want to create. All right. And um, how long have you been doing that and where are you based, Cindy? Well, I'm uh, I'm based just outside of Toronto, um, but I've been doing I've been developing courses and training for oh, probably over twelve years now. Um, more specifically, helping um, on entrepreneurs with online courses just over uh, over a year now. Um, but uh, I started out actually as a high school teacher. I was a high school teacher and a phys ed and math teacher for a few years. Loved teaching, but didn't love the teaching subjects. So got interested in the financial industry and moved over into the financial industry, but missed the teaching. And so I ended up uh, landing a corporate training job um, where I got to train financial advisors in um, that, that were new to the company. And so I loved doing that as well, but then decided to stay home for a couple of years with my kids. And once you get home and get out of the, uh, the, dr- the grind of driving downtown all of the time, I decided to go back to school to study nutrition. So I have a varied background. And while I was in nutrition, I discovered this online world and realized that I was in the courses that I was taking. Number one, there was a lot of gaps in the courses that I was taking. And number two, the, um, a lot of people were, that I was doing these online courses with were looking for help from, for, from people to help them organize things. Now, so I spent a lot of time doing that and realized that there was a lot of need out there for people that wanted to kind of articulate a message but didn't know how to craft it in an effective way. So that's how I ended up moving over into this world. Oh, that's great. Thank you for that, Cindy. So it's, um, it's a major tagline on your website. You know, you are making these five online course mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we delve into maybe what these five mistakes are. Yeah, so as I went, you know, have been taking a number of online courses myself, I kind of see these mistakes kind of over and over again when I get into courses. And, uh, you know, for me, I want to be able to create courses that I want to take. And number one, probably the biggest thing that I see is that these online course creators are just, just are providing too much content. So they want to provide as much value as they can and they feel the best way to do that is to provide content. So they have these 30 minute or one hour videos of training in their courses and it's just way, way, way too much information. Um, so, so that's one of the, the biggest things that I see is, is the, the first mistake is really that they, they're creating too much, they're providing too much content. And really what... Um, the objective is or what you're trying to do is, is, 
is really kind of the second mistake is there's no real clear outcome for the course. So, you know, often people, if they have a particular skill set, they may want to teach a course in SEO or teach a course in how to create a website. Um, But a lot of the courses aren't designed around having a specific outcome. So what I mean by that is that, you know, they've created all this content of all of these things that they should know, but aren't focusing that content around a specific outcome. You know, what will the learner get by starting at your course and finishing your course? And so I often see that uh, with, which also lends itself to having too much content, because if you're not super clear on what your outcome is, then you end up throwing in a bunch of information that may not necessarily apply to that particular outcome. Now, the uh, so kind of to combine with the whole too much content is the third mistake that I see, which is um, not enough activities. So often learner or, or course creators are thinking, well, if I just tell them, they'll learn it. And unfortunately, that's not the case. So often these courses have just a bunch of videos and that's all that's available and there isn't any type of activity or application exercise. And, and I'm, I'm talking about more than just quizzes. I'm talking about, you know, what can they, how can they start to apply what they're learning in the real world? And so, you know, that's kind of the other mistake that I kind of see in, out there is that I don't see as many activities included or application exercises after each of the lessons that are being taught. Would, would you agree with that, Jonathan? Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the fourth thing, you know, when I, when I'm thinking about um, when putting people are putting content together is that they they are provide. What I like to do is I'd like to have them, um, my clients create some sort of journey so that when they start here and they go through this step, this step, this step, this step to get to the final journey. And what I like to have my clients provide is to show a visual representation of what that journey is going to look like so that as they're going through the course, the clients know exactly, you know, I'm in step one and this is what I'm going to learn. Now I'm in step two. And this is what I'm going to learn. It allows the brain to kind of really understand the progression of what they're about to learn. So I don't often see that in online courses. Often I'm showed all of the information I'm going to learn, but not how it all fits together in a nice package. And um, that's one of the kind of the other mistakes is I I, um, like to see online courses kind of provide like a a journey or a visual representation of the overall direction that the course is going to take. And then the, the last mistake, and you might uh, relate to this one as well, Jonathan, is, is often people will wait to finish the course before they start doing anything about it from a marketing perspective or, you know, a communication perspective. And they'll be like, okay, well, I'll wait till this is all done and then I will market it and then I will launch it and then I'll do all the other work behind it. And um, often both of them can be going on at the same time. And so, uh, you know, I encourage my clients that if I'm working on the content for them, that they can kind of continue or start to work on the marketing materials that will help them get um, 
people buying it once its course is ready. They can kind of start to build that hype. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with all your points, but I think your last point is a real biggie because out of a couple of factors, uh, market fit is not easy, even if you're an experienced online digital marketer. You know, what you think your audience should know and what problems that you think you are solving in your course and the great value that you're offering when you actually start marketing you you find the opposite that um the actual target audience does not feel the same as you about your fantastic course and that can be a bit of a shock can't it cindy yeah yeah and and that's what i recommend always with my clients is to to take that first step (laughs) before you start creating anything is make sure that people are going to buy it so you need to validate your idea with uh your audience before you actually start putting anything together and and you can kind of do them at the same time in terms of creating like a a beta course or something. And so you create it as you go. Um, But even just validating the idea to make sure that people are going to buy it once you've got it. Mm -hmm. Again, it's all well and good if you think it's a great idea, but you got to ask your audience to see if that is actually going to be the case. I I actually think the kind of language utilized in the startup community is quite relevant to the, membership and course building um community you know they use a a term like minimum viable product that's utilized a lot in the startup community and i think having a kind of mini course um that you could initially sell and then at some stage when you build up the big course you could offer it as a bonus or it could be a free course at some stage but building a mini course just to test at a, at a reasonable price, a very reasonable price, just to test the market fit and also the feedback you're going to get from those initial users. What do you think, Cindy? Yeah, I agree. It's funny. I've I've said this before. Creating a course is is just like creating a small business. Like everything, all of the steps that you go to to create a business, you kind of go through those similar steps when you create a course. Is you want to make sure that you have an audience, that there's a need for it. And that you want to start out with creating some sort of, you know, as you say, a minimal viable product in order to be able to test the waters, both to um, get feedback from your audience, but also to see whether or not you're actually hitting it on the mark, like the solving the pain point, the actual pain point that your clients are actually having. Yeah, because it must be, uh, you know, you're, you know, you've dealt with a lot on the content level, but it must be heart wrenching that when you have people spend a lot of time on content, but they find they, they're getting some, they're getting people to sign up for the course, but they find that they're going to have to do a a major rewrite or a major pivot really. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's why it's so important to do that legwork up front, because if you get the work, if you, if you get that validation up front, then there's less rework, redesign done at the back end. Because, you know, it is it does take time to put that content together. So you want to make sure if you're going to be building it, that you're doing it um, the right way for sure. So what do you think, What based on your experience, what is a really great starting kind of mini course? What should you be providing in that mini course, the size and what should be in it? Well, it depends, but um, I would 
when you go to your audience, find out what a, you know, an urgent pain point that they have that isn't, you know, solving world hunger. It's how do we get the first win out of what might be a larger journey, but really focusing on an urgent, (laughs) because you want it to be urgent, otherwise nobody's going to sign up, an urgent pain point that you can solve. So it may just be, you know, five um, videos with activities that, uh, that could be packaged around just a small you know, pain point, but that's really what you want the focus to be is if you have, you know, if you're teaching someone how to, um, let's say, create a website, you know, what is the first thing that you can have them do and provide the value, get that solution solved for them so that if they solve that, they're ready for the next step. That's why if you do a good job at the outset, then they're going to be sold as you go further down the road. That sounds great. I think we're going to go for a break, folks. But before we go, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors of the WP Tonic show. And that's Lifter LMS. Lifter LMS is one of the leading learning management plugins for WordPress that you can get for free. Um, The core plugin is totally free. Um, They have bundles of premier functionality which you can buy additionally um, that will make it even more powerful for your membership learning management system and they're a great sponsor of the WP Tonic show Um, they're offering a 15% discount of all their bundled products their premier add-ons if you use WP Tonic all one word you will get that 15% off you will find um, a link on the show notes of this episode and um, on other show notes with the um, coupon code WP Tonic and you can use that and get 15% and utilize their great plugin We're going to go for our break, and when we're going to come back, we're going to be delving more with Cindy and course building and just great general advice. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up-to-date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've had a good discussion about course building. Been a bit depressive. Forgot about all the mistakes, but be cheered. If you follow Cindy's advice, you will get a great course and just, it'd be fantastic. Uh, um, right, Cindy. Um, like in our pre-show chat, um, like I was saying to you, I find that people, and it's linked to what we've been discussing in the first half, people are either build the whole course out before they do any kind of marketing or, or testing or They want to knock it out really quick um, and they think that's going to be the final product and people are going to give them like thousands of dollars. Have you found that you kind of, you get kind of a lot of people with 
one extreme and how do you handle um the reality that you can have to the you can have to break to them basically. Yeah, well, it, it, creating an online course is very glamorous these days in terms of, you know, create a course and you'll bring in thousands of dollars. And, and I, 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 don't, I don't think the understanding of that, you know, the idea that you, in order to be able to do that, you need to be able to produce something of good quality. So you may get the initial hits in terms of people um, buying your product, but what you're looking for, my assumption is people want to have an enduring product where people will refer and love it and send other people to your course. So there, I tend to get people who want to build a massive course and want to solve everything within the massive course. And so oh, what world, I'm... World, world hunger, I call them the yeah, exactly. So I'm usually pulling them back from uh, having them really more focus. I, I think that... Uh, we're moving into an era of just-in-time learning. And, and what I mean by that is people aren't necessarily going to be taking a course on how to set up an online business, you know, this massive course of how to do it. They're going to be like, okay, I need real help on how to do X. So I want to find a course on, that will help me solve for X. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. And so I, I think, so that's, I think there'd be a less tendency for people to buy these massive courses a lot because some of them have been burned before because of they've, you know, they've invested all of this money and they've gotten into the course and it hasn't given them the result that they're looking for. Um, so I think there's a lot of people who are a bit disenchanted with online courses. And so they may be less apt to forking over the cash. And so uh, I feel like the, you know, and, and, it, and maybe it's because it's happened to me that, you know, I've kind of begged off these massive courses and now really looking for courses that are going to solve a particular problem of mine in the shortest period of time possible, <laughs> which is important. So um, I'm usually finding the people want to do the big courses and I'm pulling them back and, and having them more focus on, on, you know, what specific pain point. And then they can maybe build four or five courses um, rather than having just one big large one. And one of my clients right now, she, um, she's a functional medicine doctor and she's building a course and we've, we've actually broken, she wanted to create an all encompassing, you know, be a practitioner and learn the methodology all in one. And we've actually broken down into four different courses that the clients can pick and choose depending on what their need is at the time. Ultimately they could take all four, but um, to have it kind of broken down into smaller courses that solve particular pain points is, is I think where a lot of the, um, the clients are what they're looking for nowadays. That, that's great. I, I think um, I call it modif modification. And, and I actually don't think there's a word. I'm notorious for making my own words up, Cindy. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, breaking it down into smaller courses, um, getting that feedback from the users that you are utilizing it, and now in that feedback to um, modify future courses in the in the big membership package is is a very sensible um, outlook. Really, um, I think what we also you know um, in in the actual industry as a total um, you know dropout is 
quite a big problem and I would say it's linked to what you just said. What do you think? In terms of uh, people not finishing their courses, the courses? Yeah, well, I think there's a number of different reasons why that happens. Um, you know, one, that they may have um, just not taken the appropriate time to set aside to do the course and life got in the way and they just didn't finish it. Number two, they got into the course and realized it wasn't solving the particular pain point that they were looking for, so they begged off of it. Three, they realized, okay, <laughs> there is a magic pill. I've actually got to do the work, and so this isn't the solution that... Terrible, isn't it? I can I actually do some for. work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and number four, the quality of the content isn't very good. You know, they the... They just are not getting what they needed from the the content itself, and which comes back to that whole being specific on your pain point, being clear on your audience, who your audience is actually going to be taking the course. Because if your audience is too broad, then you're going to have too much content in there that doesn't apply to each specific individual. And, you know, as adult learners with multitude, multitude of different distractions, as soon as you start talking about something that doesn't apply to me, I'm out, I'm gone, and I'm not coming back again. So that's why it's really important to have like that specific outcome, but also have a very clear audience as to who's taking the course so that you can keep that uh, information targeted to them. Yeah, I'll get a good picture here why you know having some um, advice and thinking about this is probably wise is it because even on the course and we're not touching the technology side of it but just just the course marketing what the course there's a lot of balls to think about isn't there Cindy? Well and that that's the thing it's and it's funny because often when I'm talking to people about what I do they're like well I know the content I don't need somebody to help me with the content and there's one thing about knowing the content versus teaching the content and that's really kind of where my expertise comes in is really like how do you convey everything that you know in a way that makes sense for your learners and that's that's what you want is you want your learners to um, absorb the information, but then apply it. And so there's little, it, it's an art and a science, but there's little tips and tricks that can help you along the way to make it more effective from that perspective. Um, I've got a question that's linked to what we just said. Um, back to um, the first half of the show, I said that there's a lot of terminology that you can apply from the startup community. Another term that they use is onboarding. Um, does is this a thing that you find that a lot of people don't think about when when they're developing their course? What the onboarding? And I'm just going to give the listeners and viewers a, a quick synopsis of what onboarding means in the startup community because you might not be aware of the term, folks. Onboarding is you sign up for a SaaS product, a service, and basically there, there's... there's um, a, can be a, a group of email that's sent to you saying how you're getting on with the onboarding. They can offer a one-to-one -one, um, on initial onboarding um, Skype or Zoom call. Um, they can send you to specific resources that have been developed for the person that's starting to utilize that product and service. So it's a kind of 
to make sure that you keep using the product and you don't stop using it and then cancel your monthly subscription. Is this an important area to consider, Cindy, when it comes to memberships? Yeah, well, when you think about it, when somebody buys an online course, that is their, the most motivated that they're going to be to go through the course. So you want to capture that. Um, and so, you know, they, they sign up for your course, they see your marketing materials, and it promises all of these wonderful things. So they sign up and they pay their money, and now they need to do the course. And so what spending time thinking about what you can do to get them into the course and get them comfortable with how the course is laid out, how the course is structured, why you're teaching what you're teaching. Having that process at the very beginning is, is super important to allow that motivation to sustain itself because they're coming in, they're all excited. If they then get confused or don't know where to go or how the course is laid out, that will quickly drop that motivation level and it will be hard for them to come back into it. So onboarding is such a super important element to you know creating that really positive experience right at the outset it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the course and um, when it comes to on the board you know, have you got any um, examples that you've seen or worked with that you think they were doing it in a good way when it comes to a course well it's interesting I took a course last year and um, I'm not sure the technology maybe you would know how it's if it's available but what I when I signed up for a course last year, they must have triggered uh, where I was located and the email came out, you know, addressed to me and made a couple of comments about, you know, because I live in, just outside of Toronto, so I'm Canadian. So Tim Hortons is a coffee shop that's very near and dear to our hearts. And so there was commentary about me, that that initial email was actually very personalized to me, even though I'm sure it was just generated somehow. But creating that kind of initial connection with the audience is really good. And then once you get into the course, providing like navigation. So like a welcome, but how do you navigate around this course? And, you know, so where do you go first? Where do you go next? Because they're kind of on their own on the other side of a computer. So giving them as much direction as to what to do is, is um, gives them that more the most peace of mind. And it has the benefit also of reducing the support tickets that you will get. That's, uh, do you find that's another area people forget is how much support they're going to have to offer their members? Absolutely. It, and, you know, when often people are thinking online courses are passive income, they're yeah, not. There's, there's nothing passive about it, is it? Exactly. So, you know, that could be quite discour discouraging, especially if, you know, the marketing material talks about passive income, create an online course and just see the money roll in. It, it's If you're wanting to create something of quality that's sustainable, there is definitely some legwork around it. And so there's a lot of things like updates, like customer service, all of those things that are involved in that ongoing process of having a course. But the on, having some thoughts or thinking about the onboarding side of it can reduce, because normally, unless there's some fundamental problems, it's normally in the um, first few weeks of somebody joining a course that you're going to get a lot of support tickets, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And, that, and uh, 
you know, one of the things I tell my clients is anytime they do a video, when they finish the video, be super clear as to what their next, the next step is supposed to be. If it is to download something or print something off or do it, be super, super clear, like hold their hand as they're going through the course so they know exactly what they're supposed to do because they're in a space that is unfamiliar to, the, to them. So you're kind of like the tour guide taking them through it. So just be super clear every time. What is their next step? What should they be doing now? I think that's great. We're going to wrap it up now, folks, for the podcast part of the show. But um, Cindy's been gracious to say she'll stay on, which you'll be able to watch on the WP Tonic website, this bonus content, and on our YouTube channel. Um, Like I say, we're going to wrap it up for the podcast. Cindy, how can people get hold of you and learn more about what you're doing and uh, more about how you can help them with their courses? Well, um, Jonathan, if uh, people want to learn more about me, they can visit my website at thecoursewhisper.co. Um, it's interesting, .com just came available this week, so I actually was able to get it because before it was way too expensive, so it was very exciting. Anyway, thecoursewhisper.co. Um, and then for your listeners, if they uh, are, have, are interested in getting some free resources from me, they can go to thecoursewhisper.co slash WPTonic, and I've got a course outline guide. I've got a free mini course. We were talking about how important it is to validate. There's a free mini course there on how to validate your course. Or if anyone needs to talk to me, they can reach out to me through that as well. So that's the coursewhisper.co slash WPTonic. Oh, that's great. We'll make sure that's in the show notes, folks. Okay. I'll ask Cindy to send me the link and I'll make sure that's on the top. Um, if you want to get hold of me or WP Tonic, it's really easy. Go to the WP Tonic website. Um, we have uh, a load of articles. We've got, I've posted three articles this month around different issues to help you um, with your course and um, learning management system um, around marketing and other issues. There's a ton of resources, interviews from some of the leading marketers. Um, I interviewed Chris Brogan last week. Uh, um, that will be uh, up on the WP Tonic. That was a fascinating discussion. Um, and we'll see you next week where we'll be talking to somebody doing something really interesting in WordPress, course building, or learning management systems. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.